Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. On this podcast, we journey together in learning how to feel healthy, look good, and plan lives we actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today is definitely a planning episode. It's just little old me. And we're going to talk about some productivity and planning things because I'm sure, like me, you are inundated with productivity information. Everybody's wanting to be more productive. And I'm right there too. I want to be getting more done in my life and feeling like I have my act together and all that kind of thing that I think a lot of us are striving for. But I have noticed, as I'm sure a lot of you have as well, that the more I look at all of these different productivity resources, they typically come from either men who have wives or are single and don't have all the same responsibilities as a mom, much less a single mom or a mom who is working from home. A lot of them don't have those same kind of restraints on their time or the things that can just pop up in their life that they weren't expecting. Same goes for all those productivity gals who are single or don't have kids yet and they have a lot to say about how to get a lot done but they don't really know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like they don't really know how so much of your day can be dependent on what is happening with other people. It can be from them getting sick to their emotions, to them having homework, to whatever else under the sun. You having to run back to the school because they forgot things at home or, you know, there's a thousand different things as a mom that change about our life from day to day to day. And so today I wanted to talk about productivity from that perspective of us having to deal with, you know, real life, with real people, and how we can still feel productive because we can't just let it go. I mean, it would be all well and good to just be like, all right, guys, you run my life. Kids run the world, kids. But that's not real. We have other things that we legitimately need to get done, and we often feel better. I know I feel better when I have gotten things done in my day that I wanted to get done, so I want to look at it from a really practical and reasonable perspective today. But before we get there, I also want to mention that we are about to finish January. Hallelujah, the longest month in the year. I don't know about you, but it's felt like that for me. I mean, I know it's the first month of the year, so it's easy to say that since we haven't had any other long months yet, but this one's been a particular doozy, and I think that has been the case for a lot of people. But as we are wrapping up January and heading into February, we will be starting a brand new challenge over in Patreon, and I would love to have you come over and join us. We have so much fun over there. We do lives three days a week where we come on, we chat together about all kinds of different things, and we host these challenges every month where you just do very simple things like emptying your sink at night and reading and doing 10 minutes of intentional movement and like things that are very manageable, but actually have a really big impact on your life over time as you consistently keep doing them. So I would love to have you come over and join us for one of these challenges in February. Just, you know, head on in there, 
give us a try, see if it makes a difference in your life, and you have a little bit of fun and community as well. So you can find us over at patreon.com slash livewelltogether. It's a really good time. It's a great group of ladies, and I would love to meet you and get you in there and help you to be making some changes in your life as we get out of a little bit of this January stuff and into February, which honestly can be a really hard month for a lot of people too. Let's just kind of, you know, let January go, let all the New Year's resolutions and all that, like, okay, let's start fresh. Let's let's get our feet under us a little bit better in February. And I can help you do that over in Patreon. I would love to meet you there. So again, that's patreon.com slash live well together. All right, but let's get back to the whole point of this podcast and talk about productivity in the middle of real mom life. Okay, I think I have down eight different things that I really want to hit on today that I think are important to remember and to work on and ways that we can actually be working with our real lives. Okay, so the first one is, and this one, some of you, especially you younger moms, I know I'm sorry to say that, but it's the truth. You're not going to want to hear this, but you have to know your season. All right. And speaking as someone who is about to have an adult child in three months, he will be 18. The seasons really do change. My youngest just turned nine last week, which just feels wild that she is very close to a decade old, that I have put those baby little years far behind me. But when you're in them, man, they feel like they're going to last forever. And those little people, who have so many physical needs from you and your body and like they can't do much for themselves, it really is so taxing and so all-consuming. And I look back on that time in my life and I'm like, dang, I really did do like a lot of things, but It was hard and it was scattered and it was stressful and it was always trying to pull from the margins to make those things happen. And it's not that you can't do things, but you need to know that it is harder and it is tiring and sometimes it's not worth it. (laughs) And so you really have to be real about your season. I'm not saying that if you have little kids, just, you know, give up and don't do anything. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that you have to have a really big dose of reasonableness and realism about what is actually possible in the amount of time that you have and with the amount of distractions that you have. And I don't even think this just applies to the little kid years. I mean, we all experience things that we have to be reasonable about. I mean, even with my kids being a little bit older, I have seasons of extreme stress. Now, my life is kind of plagued by stress, (laughs) all the time. But there are seasons where, you know, it's kicked up a notch with like a lot more court or a lot more sickness or, you know, whatever those things are, we all experience them. And so I think it's a really good idea to be able to have the skill of sitting back and looking honestly at what your life currently looks like to determine what can actually be done without just actually adding to the stress 
and frustration. So for instance, this January for me, as I mentioned, it's been a hard one. It has been the sort of hopefully tail end of a lot of months of a lot of court. And, you know, we started off the year in court on January 5th or something stupid like that. Like it was just like, okay, we're we're unrelenting. We're just, we're getting 2024 off to this start. And so January has been a really hard month. I've also had an audiobook that I have been trying to finish for far too long. And so that has been really pressing on my work life. And, you know, things have not felt like they could get into a regular rhythm that I would want to expect going into a new year. Add on top of that, kids getting sick, and also the schools apparently don't keep the kids for any full weeks between January and I don't even know when. Spring break? I don't know. It doesn't seem like they have a full week of school in the foreseeable future. And so there's just a lot of variables that make life and work and everything a lot more complicated. And so while I have had things that I really wanted to set out and do really consistently and really well all throughout January, I also gave myself the room to say like, well, actually, this month might not be like the shining star month that we would a lot of times want January to be. And instead of getting frustrated by that and feeling like I am failing at that and, oh, I haven't, you know, gotten my year off to a good start, so I guess I just should throw it out the window. No, instead of doing that, I've decided to say, you know, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to try to take care of some of these really big pressing things that are causing stress in my life, wrapping up some of these court things that I can wrap up, or getting this audiobook finished and done with so I can get into more of a regular rhythm of doing work and being consistent on social media and YouTube and all of those kinds of things that I'm wanting to add into my regular daily flow when I don't have this big project that I'm trying to tackle. I'm giving myself the grace to say it's okay. It's okay that it wasn't all picture perfect. I don't throw away the rest of the year. I'm not going to let that tank me and decide, oh, well, I guess this isn't for me or I can't do this. No, it just means right now. And so I think being able to look at our season, whether it's a long season, you know, years long with kids in the little years or whatever it is, or it's a shorter season. Maybe it's only a month. Maybe it's six months. Maybe it's, you know, a couple of days. But you have to be able to take that very reasonable look at your life to know what is possible right now. That doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Not letting that be a discouragement to you that this is what it looks like right now. It's going to change. Don't worry. It, it will. I mean, we do worry. And I'm, you know, I'm really, I just need to listen back to this podcast <laughs> about 10 times a day. But it will change. There's always tomorrow. So know your season. <laughs> that is step number one to any sort of productivity for moms. Know your season and and just pour a large dose of being reasonable over everything that you are trying to accomplish and being productive at. Okay, 
Number two, once we know that, we know that, you know, things are changing and we have different hard things that go on. The actual productivity tip, and I've talked about this before on the podcast with Katie even a few weeks ago at the beginning of the year, but this is something that is undeniably a game changer for me. The difference that I notice in my days, productivity-wise, and even I would say mental health-wise, for me, and I am a three, so let's acknowledge that right now. Everybody's different. But for me, the game changer that probably helps me to 10 times my productivity is planning the flow of my day the night before. So getting out whatever method it is I'm using to plan. Currently, that is a bullet journal. And I will go ahead and put a picture of a day, like how I map out a day. I'll put that in the show notes so you can see that there. But I just have a very simple page where for me, I do go hourly because it helps me to fit things into a slot of where they go and how I can be most productive with the actual time that I have. That doesn't work for everybody. Some people just want to write out a to-do list or the flow of their day. And there are some times like on a weekend or if I have less pressing things that I might just do a to-do list. But generally, I want to give my day some loose timestamps. I don't hold my feet to the fire about these timestamps, but I do create some loose timestamps that I'm trying to get things done by so that one, I can keep myself moving from one task to the next. It helps me to reduce a lot of decision fatigue because I'm not having to decide in the moment what it is I'm supposed to do. I've already made those decisions the night before and I've given myself an amount of time to try to get those things done in. It's also very informative to me because if I'm not allocating a reasonable amount of time, it helps me to plan in the future because I start to get a better grasp of how long certain tasks actually take me. And that can be a hard thing for us to come to grips with. I think a lot of times we underestimate how long things are actually going to take. But by doing that and putting them on my daily plan for an actual amount of time, it helps me to realize like, oh, okay, so when I plan for this thing tomorrow or next week or whatever, I probably need to give it, you know, a half an hour more or an hour more. We often think we can get more done than we actually can, which is one of the big things that leads to discouragement. It leads to us feeling like we aren't getting as much done. So making sure that I am giving myself some timestamps makes a really big difference for me. So I put that in. And then also, as I look back at the brain dump that I've done at the beginning of the week, and I am planning things out for my day, and I've got them all in sort of time spots, I can look at that and be like, oh, but I also need to like make these calls and throw in some laundry and make sure I go to the grocery store and all those kinds of things that I need to layer in with my job and my work and all the things that I do with the kids. And so that helps me to be a little bit more realistic too. Like, oh, 
I need to plan in five minutes for this little call or I need to find a time when I can make the most of going to the store. What can I layer that with? Okay, when Emerson goes to ballet, I've got 45 minutes to be able to run to the store that's just up the hill and then come back down and get her. I can mesh those two things together. It just helps me to be a better steward of my time when I can look at all of that and see it in a time frame rather than just having kind of an arbitrary to-do list that doesn't give me much direction. When I know what comes after what, I can just be able to hold myself more accountable to that and the not having to decide is a big part of that as well. Let's be real. Investing can be intimidating. So intimidating that sometimes it feels easier to just push it off. If you can identify with that, today's sponsor might be just the thing to kick you into gear. Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Acorns helps you automatically save and invest for your future. You don't need a lot of money to get started. You can even start by investing your spare change with Roundups. The app even gives you access to education and guidance to learn more about investing. Head to acorns.com slash live well to sign up for acorns to start saving and investing for your future today. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SPIC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Okay, next up, let's talk about when things aren't going exactly how you planned for them to go or you want for them to go, how to still feel like you are being productive with your time. This is something I feel like comes up a lot for me in both work and real life. Let's just take work, for example. You know, I have my my trusty little computer who has been with me for little over six years now, and she was never really cut out for the job that I tried to make her do. And she, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this on Instagram many times because I have to like put her on ice packs when I'm in my studio. She overheats and she gets very noisy and she's like the little engine who could, but she's struggling. And a lot of times I will be trying to record something or do something in my studio and I can't because she's like, I'm hot. I'm having a heat flash. She's going through menopause and she needs to just like take a minute and cool down. And that always frustrates me so much because I just want to get my work done. I don't want to be interrupted. I just want to be able to try to get it done. But I can't in those moments. And so in the past, sometimes I'd be like, I'm just going to play a game on my phone until she chills out, quite literally. But recently, I've been doing more of asking a very simple question, what can I do right now that could make a difference? Sometimes it means I could do something else on my computer, which isn't always the best idea because it's just more taxing for her and it takes her even longer to cool down. But sometimes it's like, okay, well, while she's trying to chill out, I could go 
work on this other document on my computer that doesn't require it being quiet. And so I can do something else. Or sometimes it's like, oh, I could make that phone call that I've been needing to make. I can't work right now anyway, so I'll just go ahead and make that phone call. Or I will go in and fold a load of laundry really quickly. Or I'll go unload the dishwasher. Or something like that that I can actually still feel like I got something done. I was being productive even though I had some sort of interruption or disturbance. The same applies to, you know, when things happen with my kids and it's like, oh, I can't work today because I have to run someone to the orthodontist and last minute we're having to head to urgent care because guess what? They have strep throat. Not that I'm speaking from experience this week or anything. (laughs) And I had planned on working all morning, but now I'm not going to be doing that. And this kind of leads me into my next point as well, but I try to not only find those little things that I can do in those moments that have gotten disrupted, but I also try to always be prepared to be portable. So by that, I mean I always have a book or my Kindle and or my Kindle with me so I can be reading for the podcast because, of course, I'm always reading for pleasure. I always have a book on my Kindle that I'm reading that is fiction that I enjoy and I can turn to that. But a lot of times I'm also reading things for the podcast and trying to prepare for future interviews. And so making sure that I have something with me that I am working on. So even if I'm only reading a couple of pages on a book that is coming up for an interview, at least I feel like I'm getting something done. So when I'm sitting in a doctor's office or the orthodontist or wherever, I'm still able to make a little bit of forward progress and not feel like the whole day was just a scrap. I also try to make sure that I have a little pen case that has sort of like my key pens and mild liners and that sort of thing. So if I'm on the go, I can just throw that into my purse along with my bullet journal. And then I have the highlighters, the mild liners that I use to be able to highlight in the books that I am reading for the podcast, especially so that I can quickly find things that I want to talk about with the guest. And then I also have my pen to be able to check things off in my bullet journal journal, keep note of things in my journal, write things down. It just helps me to feel like I'm always prepared and I am not like out somewhere thinking, well, I could be productive right now, but I don't even remember what I was supposed to be doing. Or, oh, I need to make a note about this thing, but I don't have my bullet journal with me. No, like I just have this habit of, okay, purse in the purse goes phone, pen case, bullet journal, book or Kindle. And that helps me to feel like I am always leading a portable life that allows me to still be somewhat productive, even if things are going off the rails a little bit. I'm actually hoping for maybe my birthday, I think this would be a great 40th birthday present to myself, but to get a second Kindle because my old one, she is going to be six years old as of Valentine's Day. That's what I bought for myself on my first solo Valentine's Day. And really, I think it might have been the first Valentine's present I ever received. And it was the best present. She has served me well, but her battery is, you know, she's a little taxed. And so if I can manage to get myself a Kindle for my birthday this year, then 
my old Kindle would just be my portable Kindle, my on-the-go Kindle, and she could just live in my purse and then I don't have to remember to grab her when I'm headed out the door. So anything that you can do like that to have duplicates of things to make your life more portable, I think that is really smart, but also to just get in that habit of I'm not going to walk out the door without my bullet journal, without my pens, without my Kindle, whatever. We rarely leave without our phones. So just kind of enhancing that habit to make sure you have the things you need to still be productive. And this is probably something you all already know and all already do. As moms, we are used to bringing along bags with all of the things, but that is just something that I do to make sure that I can work on something at a moment's notice. So then number five, kind of building on that idea of establishing simple habits really can make a big difference. So you've heard me talking about this with the challenges that we're doing in Patreon. You've heard me talk about this, kind of how I'm viewing my whole year of trying to do these small things consistently day after day. But they really do have a so much more larger reaching impact than I expected that they would. So these really simple things that I started out doing, I think in November, like making sure that my sink was clear every night. You'd probably heard me talk about this before on Instagram, on the podcast, but we had this, well, let's just go ahead and call it an issue of not getting the dishes done after dinner every day. And my big justification for this was I like to take my bath. My bath means a lot to me. It means more to me than having the dishes done. So if I have to choose what the water is going to be used for, I'm going to use it for my bath. I'm not going to waste all of the hot water on the dishes. But then we started doing the challenge in Patreon that said you had to have your sink empty every night. You didn't have to have your dishes done. You could pile them on the counter next to the sink if that was what you wanted to do. But you just had to have your sink empty every night. And so more times than not, I would make sure that the dishes got done. But in order to do that, I was figuring out that I needed to kind of stay on top of the dishes throughout the day. And then as I was making dinner, instead of just piling everything in the sink, I would wash it as I was done with things and put them straight into the dishwasher. So by the time we got done with dinner, we were really only rinsing out our bowls or rinsing off our plates and our silverware and popping them in the dishwasher. And the kids actually started to get into the habit of doing this too. So I have been shocked. I mean, I mentioned it to them a couple of times, but we have really been staying on top of this pretty well. And it has made the dreaded dishes that have always felt oppressive and awful to me feel so much more manageable. So I didn't set out when I created this habit of make sure your sink is empty every night to be keeping up on my dishes all throughout the day and never really having much in my sink But that's what it's turned into. Now, occasionally we've had, you know, a weekend where we're busy and we're just all kind of taking it easy. And I make the conscious choice to not worry about it and just know like, okay, on Sunday, I am going to have to do a big dishwash and that's going to be what it is. But that's been the one-off. That's been the exception. And that has been so encouraging to me because it really wasn't ever what I set out to do. 
it just kind of started happening that way. And so by having this small goal of having the sink empty, it had a much larger reaching effect where I can really say now over the past three months, our kitchen as a whole has been staying much cleaner. Because once you start having the dishes done and the sink being fairly empty, well, now you kind of want the counters cleared off. And now you kind of want to deal with the clutter that everybody keeps bringing down into the living room and starting to make the habit of getting everybody to take their stuff back up to their rooms instead of just leaving it out everywhere and making sure that the blankets on the couch are folded before we go to bed every night. And oh, now the space is fairly clear. I want to go ahead and see those vacuum lines. So I'm going to vacuum more often. And I can because there isn't junk anywhere. And then that has reached out into all these other areas of my life. I started making my bed. And this is something I have always felt like it's kind of pointless. It's unnecessary. I don't have all the cute pillows and everything to make my bed look the way that I want it to. That's kind of one of my goals for this year, like a low level goal that I want to redo my bedding and actually make my bed look cute. But it's not. And so sometimes it would just feel like, what's the point? It doesn't look that much better when I make it. But guess what? It really does change the feel of my bedroom slash office, by the way, When I go ahead and just pull the covers up and put the pillows nicely on my bed in the morning, it then has that same trickle effect that the sink had. I now want the rest of my room to stay tidy too. And my room tends to be the place that all the laundry gets folded. So now... I've started getting the laundry put away more quickly because I generally would get it folded, but then it would be in stacks on my floor that people needed to go take to their bedrooms and I wasn't bugging them about it. And it just like people would just start coming in my room as though it is the family closet to me getting their things off my floor to wear instead of putting them away. And instead, I've been like, no, look, my bed is made and I want my floor to stay clear, and I want my room to feel nice, so no, we're going to go ahead and like everybody needs to get their laundry put away. And it's not going to be seven loads of laundry. It's going to be one or two that I've done in a day that we're going to actually get put away because I know that the space feels so much better when it's tidy. And that really sort of came from me making my bed. (laughs) So... I know some of these things can feel arbitrary getting into them. I did not want to be the person to come on a podcast and be like, yeah, making your bed makes a really big difference. (laughs) And I am sorry to report that it is. It is making a big difference for me. And maybe it can make a big difference for you too. So I would encourage you to find a couple of low-level things, things that really aren't going to take you that much time, but you want to commit to doing on a daily basis. They're the things that even when the schedule doesn't go quite as planned and kids are having meltdowns or, you know, whatever it is, you can probably still manage to do. You could probably pull the covers up on your bed. You can probably keep the sink fairly clean throughout the day. But also knowing that you're going to give yourself grace and you're going to give yourself the ability to make the conscious choice to not do things when you don't feel up to doing them 
and that you're not bad. You haven't failed. It doesn't mean that you're never going to do it again. It just means that that day you're making the conscious choice to not make your bed or to not get the dishes done and that that's okay and that you can do it the next day and it's not going to tank you completely because it's an overall habit instead of a If I don't do this one day, I've ruined my streak and it's all over. No, this is a general habit that you can make the choice not to do. But the habit means that that's the choice. It becomes the choice to not do it versus the choice to do it. The regular thing will become for you to actually do it. And so that, I think, is a very freeing change in perspective when it's not you forcing yourself to do it, but it's giving yourself the permission not to do it if you don't want to but actually doing it most of the time. And now I want to take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite sponsors that hasn't been back in a while, and now they are, and I'm so excited because, you guys, winter is here. Clearly, it's been kind of droning on forever now, and to me, there is nothing better than staying in and lighting my favorite candle. But have you ever stopped to think about what ingredients are in a fragranced candle? It is scary. There's a lot of stuff in there. In fact, the Fair Packaging and Labeling Act gives fragrance manufacturers a trade secret status. So they legally do not even have to share their ingredients with you, which makes it even scarier because synthetic fragrance can contain up to 3,000 different chemicals, some of which are endocrine disruptors. My kids know. We always joke, like when they bring home anything that is scented with a fragrance, I'm like, that's a hormone disruptor. We don't have that here. That's going to mess you up. (laughs) We are not about the hormone disruptors. And they also contain respiratory irritants, among many other things. Some fragrance candles even contain chemicals that are known carcinogens, which is downright frightening. But if you're like me and you don't want to give up scented candles forever, then I have a swap for you. Introducing Fontana Candle Company. I love Fontana Candle Company for their 100% natural and independently certified non-toxic candles, wax melts, and room sprays. They use only pure beeswax, coconut oil, and essential oils in their candles, and they put all of their ingredients right on the label. Fontana was the first candle to be certified non-toxic by Made Safe, and they now have over 100 products certified. This includes their natural bath soaks, which I adore. They're so good. Their bar soaps, wax melts, and their room sprays too. I love that they have my favorite seasonal scents like spiced latte, pure vanilla, and cinnamon orange clove. Oh, that one is so good. But also, if you are more than ready to be thinking about spring, you can try their wildflower citrus or their lavender vanilla tangerine. Discover your favorite non-toxic scent by heading over to their website. Use code LIVEWELL at FontanaCandleCompany.com for 15% off your order. That's F-O-N-T-A-N-A CandleCompany.com and use the code LIVEWELL. Okay, so kind of back to what I was saying about establishing habits, but allowing yourself the choice not to do them. I want you to be thinking about holding your plans loosely. So even though you have created your flow to the day, we know that as moms, things happen, things are constantly shifting, people have needs, people have attitudes that we gotta deal with. And so 
it doesn't usually ever go exactly how we planned. Even as we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, if it's not our people, but we just haven't been very good at estimating how much time things are going to take, it doesn't usually go exactly what is on the paper. So I want to encourage you to know that this is a guide but it doesn't rule you. You're going to do your best to use this to help you to be more productive, but you don't have to feel bad if things don't go exactly how you wanted them to go. I really like using my plans as a map to get through my day to help me to just move from one thing to the next and stay on top of everything and know what I need to try to get done in a day. But I do use some little tricks if things are not going exactly the way that I want them to. So sometimes, I think I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but I will just pick up in the day whatever time I'm at. Like if things have gotten off or I've had to run an errand that I didn't expect, when I come back home, if I'm able to, if it wasn't something that had a pressing deadline or I was needing to absolutely get done that day that I missed while I was running the errand, I will just pick up on my schedule at whatever time I'm at and start from that task and move on. And then I will know that whatever I missed, I need to push to the next day or a different day that week, but I'm not going to try to play this catch-up game where I'm going to feel frazzled and frustrated. Like, no, okay, that got missed. We need to rearrange. I'm just going to pick up at whatever point I'm at, and then I will find a different time to be able to get those things done. So that's sometimes one of the things that I do to kind of help me to get back on track and keep moving with the day without feeling like whatever happened just completely tanked me. But something else that I will do if it is more like, okay, things have gone way haywire and I need to figure out now how to reconfigure what's going to happen today, then I have to look at what I was trying to get done in the day and run those things through a couple of questions. So my first question is, what are the absolute must do's? What are the things that I had on this list that can't happen any other day but today? I've got to find a way to get those things done. And usually, I mean, usually there are a lot less of those things than you would think. I mean, there's things that you would really like to get done today, but there's a lot less deadlines. I mean, I know that's different for all of us, and sometimes I have more deadlines than others, but sometimes they're self-imposed deadlines that really can be moved if I need to move them. And so I think it's important to just look at those plans and be like, okay, what absolutely has to get done today. I have to find a way to do it. We're going to start there. Once I find a way to get those things done, then what are the things that really will make me feel better if I can manage to do them or even part of them today? So some of those things are the self-imposed deadline things, or if I can just like start that load of laundry, or if I can start working on this project for work, or maybe I'm not going to be able to finish the entire audiobook, but I can get a couple of chapters done, or even half a chapter done. It at least is forward progress. So I can get to the end of my day and feel like, okay, you didn't just give up, you didn't just throw in the towel, you still did something. And sometimes that has to be the win, that you still did something, (laughs) because all kinds of things can take us down, even our own emotions. I know for me, for sure, with the stress of everything lately, like I joke with people, like sometimes I just take to the bed, (laughs) like, okay, this is really going haywire. I am feeling emotional and overwhelmed. I'm taken to the bed. 
But when I can pull myself out of that place and be like, but what can I still get done that I will feel better about myself, even when I'm in this emotional state, that I can get to the end of my day and be like, well, at least I did this. What are those things? What can you manage to do? And maybe that is only like, I cleared the sink. I put all the dishes on the counter, but the sink is empty. All right, that's a win. Just figure out what those things are that you can do that you know will make you feel better. And then the next question that I kind of already mentioned when we were talking about the habits is, what can I just let go of to give myself grace and give myself a break that I'm making the conscious decision to not feel bad about, to not feel bad that I didn't get that thing done or I didn't document that thing, or I had to push something off. No, we're not going to focus so much on what didn't happen, but what did happen. And what can I let go and not hold myself to such an extreme level that it's impossible for me to actually be able to achieve that? What can I say? Like, no, it's okay. You still were productive in these ways, and that counts, and you're choosing to let those other things go for today because there's always tomorrow. So what can you have grace on? What can you apply that 80-20 principle to that you're just looking for getting things done 80% of the time? You're not trying to hold yourself to a standard of perfection. What are those things as you're making your way through your day? Okay, we're getting close to my final things, but this one is a big one that I feel like I've been doing a little bit better job of lately, but it is planning also for the downtime and the things you enjoy. So where can you fit those times in your day where you do have a little bit of wiggle room, where you're not planned so back to back that when you get off course with what your plan is, that it does throw just everything off? Well, if you plan a little bit of wiggle room, white space in there, then you're able to say like, okay, well, this took a little bit longer crept into my lunchtime a little bit that I was planning on, but I can make up for that. I can now read this book I'm needing to read for the podcast while I'm eating my lunch. Or I can, you know, get my coffee and throw that load in the dishwasher or the laundry or whatever it is. What can you do to give yourself those white space times that allow for a little bit more flexibility, but also you do the thing that you're going to enjoy? Give yourself a little treat. Sometimes I have to give myself a reward (laughs) when I have buckled down and done some hard work that I've not been wanting to do and I've been putting off and it has been a struggle. Okay, well, I'm going to have to talk myself into this with a little something something. So I am going to have that piece of chocolate after I buckle down and I edit three chapters of this podcast or I am going to allow myself to go out to coffee with a friend and that is going to be something that I put on my calendar and I know I'm working around so next Wednesday I am going to do my work until this time and then I'm going to give myself a break to go enjoy time with her because that is life-giving time for me and it's going to make me better at doing my job when I have 
talked with her and given myself a little bit of a break. I'm reading a book that I really love. I want to carve out time for that. I'm going to make space for that in my schedule because that's important to me. And when I am reading things or watching things or participating in a hobby or a craft or whatever that I find inspiring and soul-filling, it helps me in all those other places in my life. So not to discredit those things, that those are necessary and you need those too. And that is part of being productive. That is part of living this life as a mom who is juggling all the balls in the air that you have to do those things that you find joy in and bring you fulfillment and excitement and happiness. Those are valuable and good and they do lead to you being more productive in other areas because you feel seen and you feel taken care of and you feel like you're enjoying parts of your life and it's not just all a slog that you have to get through. Sometimes those are the lifelines that we have to hold on to when things are super stressful and super sad and overwhelming. We got to mine for the joy and the laughs and the fun and the being silly. You know, the other day, I don't even know how it came up. Oh, I know how it came up. My daughter wouldn't eat her dinner. (laughs) So I started singing Eat It. And she was like, stop it. That's so mean. What even is that? And I was like, this is a weird Al Yankovic song. And it is after a Michael Jackson song. And now we're going to put those songs on the Echo Dot. And we're going to listen to it (laughs) and I'm going to dance in the kitchen because I'm so frustrated right now and we need to lighten up this situation. And so I am going to play Weird Al and then maybe I'm going to show you a Michael Jackson video on YouTube because that is part of my childhood that, you know, I loved. And we're going to go down this whole rabbit hole for the heck of it because it's fun. And sometimes you just need to do that. And throughout that process, you're going to eat your dinner, (laughs) child. So here we go. You know, sometimes you just have to find those things. And it's totally worth it. And it can be hard. Sometimes you're like a curmudgeon and you don't really want to. But I'm telling you what, when you give yourself the permission to lighten up a little bit and find those little pieces of joy and goofiness it can really change the whole trajectory of things and help everybody to lighten up a little bit and get through things. Which brings me to my next point. The last thing that I want to mention in all of this, because we are real moms in real life and we have real stressors and real people who need us and have their own feelings and emotions about things. And so I want to say as much as possible because it's not going to work all the time, but as much as possible, hold people, including yourself, over time crunches. So I'm going to give a little example of this to just kind of help you understand what I'm saying. And I'm sure that you probably know this and you've dealt with it a thousand times too. But let's let's think about the mornings. Like we are trying to get everyone out the door for school and Everyone seems to be in a bad mood and things aren't coming together quite the way that we had planned for them to or kids are arguing with each other and getting mad at each other over the stupidest things possible on the planet. Like, I asked you to move over when I needed to spit to brush my teeth and that made you mad and now we're brawling. You know, like, seriously, you guys. And 
when that stuff starts to happen and I start to see those attitudes pop up with my kids, especially in the morning or when we're trying to get out the door to go somewhere and you're like, guys, you got to get it together. We have somewhere we need to be by a certain time. And so inevitably, when I'm frustrated with them and I'm like, hey, let's get it together. Quit fighting. Be in a good mood. Like, and I just kind of like, I dig my heels in and I show my frustration. It doesn't help. Guys, it really doesn't help. It actually ends up taking us far more time. And I always think like, if I just get after them, if I'm stern, then we're going to get it together and everybody's going to get out the door. But you know what? Everybody has a worse attitude. Nobody can find anything that they need to find because they're even more flustered now and it's just like everything's coming apart at the seams. And it really makes for a pretty uh, frustrating morning where we end up being later than we've ever been before. But when I do the thing that goes against everything in me to be like, get it together, and I pause which that's a moment where you're not wanting to pause. You're wanting to keep an action to get everyone out the door. But when I pause and I start with me and I take a breath and I make the very conscious choice to stay calm because I don't want to stay calm. But when I make the like very concerted effort to be extra nice and they're not always nice back. I'm going to say that right now. But when I, they don't dictate how I behave <laughs> and I decide I am going to meet them where they're at and I'm going to get on their level and say, hey, what's going on? Can I help you in some way? It usually helps to bring things back from a supercharged place to actually being able to get that forward progress again. Because if I don't, if I dig in, if I'm like, get it together, be nice, you know, whatever it is. A lot of times the attitudes get worse. The fighting gets worse. They get more temperamental. They get more attitudinal. And sometimes we go so far down that road that it's like, I don't know how we're ever going to come back out of this. But if I can kind of halt that by my own response and be like, hey, and I think this is the key question that I've been using really consistently is instead of get in the car or get your stuff done or get it together, I've been asking them, how can I help you right now? You know we need to leave. We need to get out the door. You're having a hard time. How can I help you to get done what you need to get done to make that happen? And usually at that point, I get the response, I don't know. And I'll say, well, have you gotten your socks? Or do you need to get your lunch in the car? Or like, I start giving a few suggestions, then they'll be like, well, yeah, and I need this thing or I need to do such and such. And then I can come alongside them and say, "Okay, I can help you to do those things so that we can get our bodies in that vehicle and get you to school. And so changing my response and thinking of the person first who is struggling, it completely changes the morning. It generally allows us to not have every morning be tanked by attitudes and arguing and people not being prepared and all the rest and allows us to actually start off the day well. And so when I can control my own self and respond in that way and do it from a place of service when really 
I'm serving myself too because I'm like, I really just want you to get in the car. But I can get there by asking you how you need me to help you. (laughs) And that makes a really big difference for us. And I am no parenting expert, believe me. But this is something that I have found works in my household when I can control my own reactions, serve from a place of kindness, be like, let me help you do this. Let's get moving. It takes much less time. I always think it's going to take more time, but it generally doesn't in the grand scheme of things. So fight that inclination (laughs) to be like, you guys are screwing up the whole day and be like, instead, okay, let me help you make this happen so we can all move on with our days. So that is what I have for you today. I hope you found it helpful. If you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for how you remain productive in your life as a busy mom, I would love to hear them. I would love for you to comment on Instagram, send me a DM. I love hearing from you guys so, so much. You can also always go over to our show notes on the website at mackenziecoppacom slash podcast. You can find all the show notes there and you can leave a comment right on those show notes and then other people can also see it and interact with it. So I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your tips or if you found this helpful and if you did find it helpful and you want to, you know, like tell a friend, send this episode to them if they are struggling with productivity as a mom because we all have that, right? We want to be productive, but it's really stinking hard and there aren't a lot of resources for us. So if this might help them, then just, you know, use that little box with the arrow on this podcast episode and text it to a friend. That would be awesome. And I will say, I was laughing last week, I think, or maybe the beginning of the year, I don't know, Jamie Golden from the podcast recently said on her Instagram, talking about the podcast, like, we are not the podcast for you if you are looking for any way to improve your life or to uh, listen to interviews with authors or to be challenged to do anything in your life. She was like, that is not what our podcast is. And it genuinely isn't. That isn't what the podcast is. It is about entertainment and I love it. But I did want to be like, hey, that is what my podcast is. (laughs) So if you want those tips, if you want that help, if you want great conversations between me and Katie about real life as busy moms who are working and trying to make things happen, and you want the interviews, and you want all that stuff, then I got it for you. I got it for you right here, and I would love if you told your friends about it and you helped to grow the show as well. All right, ladies, I think that's it. Like I mentioned, you can find the show notes at mackenziecoppacom slash podcast. You can also swipe up in whatever app you are listening to the show on. I would love if you left a rating and review in iTunes. That is always so helpful. And I would love to see you over in Patreon at patreon.com slash together. All right, ladies, until next week, go be bold and gracious. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. 
call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. Podcast Show London.